This is episode 643 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, A New Prepper's Checklist, 10 Things a New Prepper Should Start Right Away. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website, so you can trust it. Other benefits include members-only video and periodic webinars. This is a great value for $20 a year. For more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. I'm so glad that you are here with me uh, on this episode. Hey, I'd like to welcome all the new preppers who are joining the, the podcast, who are finding it for whatever reason out there on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or all the other networks that we're on out there. And uh, because of maybe you're, you're searching or you're, you're asking for preparedness or there was a keyword that you were looking for, you found the, the podcast and you decided to subscribe. And I want to say thank you for that. Welcome. And to those that have been following us for such a long time, for, for many years now. Thank you so much for being a part of this preparedness community. I greatly appreciate it. You know, this article that I'm going to read is actually one that I just recently wrote. Again, I know that there's a lot of people coming to preparedness and coming to the fact that, hey, there there is a real reason out there to be smart and to be prepared and to, to go that route. And with new people coming into preparedness, I want to be able to provide some advice. Now, there, there's a lot of advice. There's a lot of articles. I've, list, I've linked to a lot of those throughout the years of, hey, this is where a, a prepper needs to start and different things like that. And I agree with a lot of them. And there's some things that I don't agree with. So I decided to write an article of, you know, what kind of advice would I give? If there was someone new to preparedness, what advice would I give them to start off with as opposed to maybe some of the other things that are out there, maybe what other people w- would think. And so I wanted to provide that. But not only for new preppers, this is also an article for those of us that are seasoned, because sometimes you can get into this groove, right? And you, you forget to maybe do some of the basic things, or you get into this habit of, all right, you know, th- this is the way, you know, tunnel vision, this is the way to do it. And sometimes it's important for us to maybe go back and revisit some of those basic things. Maybe it's important for us to try to remember and put ourselves in the same place that a new prepper would be coming from. You know, there's a lot of people that because of the podcast and because of the website and because of the the different things that are out there on, you know, social media and and the ways that that people engage with prepper website there's people coming from all different stages. There are people that have been prepping 10 or more years. And there are people that in, in one of the recent surveys that I did have only been prepping you know, six months. And so there's this wide range of people out there. And we need to kind of understand that and help as many people as we can to get prepared. Because the more people that are prepared, 
that's the less that we need to worry about, right? We need we don't have to worry about those people wanting to, uh, you know, that they're not getting upset or they're not having to rely on the government or anything else like that. There is a big value for us to have as many people prepared as possible. That is just smart and it's just common sense. So this article is called A New Preppers Checklist, 10 Things a New Prepper Should Start Right Away. And I posted it over on Prepper website. And so I want to link to it and then also, or I want to, I, want, I link to it uh, on the Prepper website, but I also want to read it here for this episode and then maybe go a little bit further in some of the explanations and, and things that I give here. So let's go ahead and get started. As a new prepper, I wish I would have had some really good concise advice about prepping early on. Back then, I was busy moving from website to website trying to gather all the information I could, but it would have been nice to have a top 10 list of no BS to get my head wrapped around the plans and goals I should be making. New preppers have a lot of challenges when it comes to prepping. They shouldn't have to figure it all out on their own. Now, in this article, I'm sharing the top 10 moves I wish someone would have laid out for me. Notice that I didn't include putting together a bug out bag or purchasing an arsenal. Those things are important. You should have a bug out bag, but it shouldn't be the first thing you do. There are other preparedness related activities that will give a new prepper more bang for their buck. So you'll also notice that I have included some articles and videos for further research and understanding. Please don't get overwhelmed. This article is meant to help the new prepper get started and get some big wins behind them. If you are an experienced prepper, feel free to add some of your own advice in the comment section. All right, number one, don't panic. Now listen, we've all been there before. When you finally wake up to the fact that our world is fragile and little disruptions can cause bigger disruptions that cause a lot of pain to you and your family, it is normal for a little fear to set in. But as a new prepper, if you stay in fear mode, you will make mistakes. Fear can cause you to spend money you don't have on items you don't need. Mistakes based in fear can cause you to isolate important people in your life as you start talking about SHTF and the end of the world as we know it or Tiatwaki. Fear can get you making big life decisions like moving out to a cabin in the woods before you fully understand the implications of what you are doing. No, instead, take a deep breath and relax. Knowing how crazy our world is, is a big deal. Your next step needs to be planned and purposeful. All right, I think this is a huge one. I hear from new preppers all the time, sending me an email or hitting me up on social media and they're freaking out because they don't, they feel like they don't have time. Like they're like, this is it. The end of the world is happening and you know it's happening tomorrow and they need to make sure that they have, you know, they're, they're prepared like someone who's been preparing for 20 years, you know, in 24 hours. And that happens because you start to your eyes open up and you realize that we are, you know, the way that we live our lives, we have all these things, all these systems put in place. And when there's a little bit of a disruption in one system, it causes a whole cascading effect on all the other systems. And so that's very apparent even more so right now with the whole pandemic thing, the COVID-19, how we are starting to see different things happening with the riots that are going on right now. Uh, Even as I'm recording this on Sunday night, 
you know, things that are going on and how they're disrupting uh, society and curfews and, and things that are happening. So we live in this world where we are dependent upon systems. And sometimes those systems are st- so streamlined that any little bump, so any little, you know, we, we have so much food in the, the grocery system at one time and we have any little bump like a blizzard or a hurricane or uh, for whatever, you know, a plant shuts down, then there's disruptions all the way down uh, the road on that, you know, all the way down the bigger system. And so when you see that and you start to realize that, yeah, it can be very uh, worrisome and you can start to panic, especially if you're one that is it gives in to panic. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in, in a little bit. But that's the important thing is not to panic. And I think a lot of people do and a lot of people start making decisions. For instance, you never want to, because you want to get prepared, go put down all your money uh, or or buy all this gear and all this food on a credit card and lay it down and say, okay, hey, I got to get prepared. Here it goes. And then if nothing happens, then you wind up with this big bill due, right? And that you got to pay. So if all the things that, that I read throughout the years, if I would have moved on those. So for instance, the end of the world is coming at this time, right? And so you need to make sure like everything is collapsing. So you need to make sure that you have everything you need. Well, if I would have you know moved towards that, I would have probably bankrupted my family in, in, in my, uh, my household budget. Or, you know, hey, you need to get out of uh, this and you need to buy gold and silver. And, and then so if I would have done that at the very, very early stages where gold was a lot higher or silver was a lot higher than it is now, I mean, I would have lost a lot of money. And so you've got to be very smart about it and you've got to be purposeful and you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan. The best thing that I can offer here, and I'm probably spending a little bit more time here than I will on all the other ones, is this. Look at your life right now. When you wake up in the morning, the things that you do, the things that you need, think about you know going to work or you know whatever you do for for that. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. However, you know your day looks, and then the evening time, and then think about all the things that you require. Sometimes people will talk about in the preparedness community: turn your electricity off, go go without electricity for a weekend. Go without running water for a weekend and see what it would be like. And then you can get a good idea of if I was in a true SHTF situation, what would I need here? I need the ability to start my my, my refrigerator and I can do that very easily with uh, an inverter and connect it to my car and run it a couple of hours and keep it cold enough so I don't let things spoil. I can have water and I can uh, make sure that I have water to... Uh, also to, to clean up for hygiene, but also to run my toilets and things like that. And so you start to see those things that you need and you're very purposeful as opposed to going out there and buying a bunch of stuff that you need, all of the, the sexy gear that you need. You're able to instead focus on what you actually truly need. So don't panic. You want to make sure that you are planned and purposeful in your preparedness. All right. So moving on, number two is this, learn and do. This is important for the new prepper to understand because it is easy to get sucked into all the preparedness-related content on the internet. You can sit for days in front of your computer wearing your PJs and not having brushed your teeth, taking in all the expert knowledge provided for free on prepper websites, 
podcasts, and YouTube channels. Now, I understand I'm poking fun at myself, but many have found themselves in this specific situation. Okay, maybe not the haven't brushed my teeth for days thing. Instead, based on your plans, learn and then do the things that will get you better prepared. Make a list of what your family needs to be better prepared and then start checking it off. Preparedness is a lot of common sense. And with a little bit of critical thinking and some knowledge, you can make some big inroads into your preparedness. All right, I love this one because this is so very true. It happened to me. I'm sure it happens to a lot of other people. You become uh, awakened to the fact of you need to be prepared and you are all over all the websites and all the YouTube channels and all the podcasts. And I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, you just don't want to suck in knowledge. You want to be able to suck in the knowledge and you also want to be able to have the skills to do the things that you're learning about. Now, don't get me wrong. There is something very, very powerful about knowledge. When you learn and when you take in content and you're able to you know, wrap your eyes around it or wrap your head around it and you're able to massage that a little bit, you're able to critically think about that, you're, you're putting it into your schema. You're putting it into the way that you think and you're able to build some kind of understanding around that. However, if that's all you do, because sometimes in your mind, you think, you know, you think things are going to go one way and you, you, okay, you have this understanding of it, but really when you start doing it, it really plays out a little bit differently or it doesn't really go exactly the way that it should in your mind. That's why you take in knowledge, but then you also go do and you go practice. Now, when I say practice, I'm talking about Whatever it is, if it's food storage and you're learning about canning and you need to, uh, you know, you you one day you think one day you want to can, well then can do some canning. Go through the process of actually doing it. You learn so much when you get the knowledge, but you learn more when you actually do it. A lot of the times you realize it's not that hard. If you're learning about you know starting a fire and you want to be able to start a fire from uh, just from what you have, the materials that you have, and not using some kind of blowtorch to start your 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 fire, then you know go practice outside in your fire pit or you know go go camping, go do those types of things. So learn and then do. Maybe it's it's you know learning about water storage and you actually start putting together your water storage, whatever it might be. You don't want to just take in the knowledge. You just don't want to save the PDFs. You just don't want to have the books. You want to learn and you also want the experience to actually do it. Because when you when you do that, you are adding to your, your frame of reference, your schema. You're solidifying that and realizing that you can do it. It builds a confidence on the inside of you. All right, next up is stock up on food. New preppers need to start a food storage program right away. You don't need to build a root cellar here. You just need to boost what you have in your pantry so your family can have two to four weeks worth of food at any given time. This will protect you against a financial emergency, like having a big bill come due or even a job loss. After you get your first month of food in your pantry and in a good rotation, work on stocking up two months of food. For an easy process, take my food storage e-course three easy ways to get started in long-term food storage all right this is important you know throughout the years i've had i've heard many stories and i have people email me 
about how their food storage really saved them. So they lost their job and they were able to get uh, a, a little side job or they were able to get something small to get them by. They were able to keep the lights on. Maybe they were able to pay rent, but they wouldn't have had enough money to put food on the table. But because they had food, they were able to, or food storage, they were able to feed their family and feed their family well. You know, the kids didn't realize that there was any difference. They were just eating their food storage. Now, how great is that to be able to have that? Now, throw on top of that a real emergency like some people were experiencing with the COVID-19 thing and grocery stores were uh, maybe you know, running out of items and or not having the items that you really wanted. Now, I got to tell you, my grocery store is almost completely back to normal. So meat is a little bit more expensive. You know, one of the things that we've been doing on our uh, online meetups that we do, if you are uh, a member of the Prepper website email group, the exclusive email group, um, and I talk about that at the very beginning uh, every episode, we've been talking about situational reports. So we come online and like, hey, tell us what it's like in your area. And you don't have to do it if you don't want to, but a lot of people do share. And a lot of people are, are saying, hey, like in the past, meat was they couldn't find any beef. Or if they did, it would be like one cut of beef one week and maybe the next week it would be something a little bit different. Well, I really wasn't experiencing a lot of that. We still had meat almost every cut that we we would we would have wanted is what I'm trying to say, uh, if I can get the words out. But it was very expensive. It's just it's really going up. And the same thing with, you know, poultry and, and pork. We're seeing the prices go up. However, I am noticing that all the other things that were in the aisles where there was holes before, they're, they're pretty much full. And even you know people eat ramen noodles. And I don't know why you like ramen noodles and it's really bad for you, but there was always a big hole there. I mean, as soon as they put it out, people were, were taking that. And even that had product in it. And so I, I was pretty amazed. The only thing that I, I, we still can't get are some of the cleaners that we really like. However, that really doesn't bother us too much because we have our stock and our stockpile. So if you are stocked and you had your food stocked and you have things that your family eats and you're good to go there, you weren't as worried or concerned with what you're seeing out there in the grocery stores. And I know that some places in, you know, that, are, that you're hearing this, the situation is a little bit different where you're at. But for the most part, that's why you want to stock up on food so you don't have to be uh, you don't have to worry about what is out there. And if you're going to have all the things that you need and, and all the things that your family uh, would uh, need to be able to survive. And so food storage, a food storage program is not hard. It is not something that is difficult to do. I actually, if you if you have not taken that e-course, it's only an hour long. Go take up, go take it, uh, go go through it. I lay it out for you very plainly how you can have a, a month's worth of food very quickly, and then you can boost that two weeks, and you make it to the point. You have this this list where you make it very easy to keep it stocked up. And so, uh, if you haven't taken that, uh, I have it linked in every show notes. Uh, so you can go and, and take a look at that. Like I said, it's only an hour long. All right, moving on to the next one. Get your finances in good shape. Now, many preppers come to preparedness because of the fear of an economic collapse. And 
there's good reason that we should be paying attention to our economy and all the debt that is owed out there. A new prepper should make sure they are working with a good budget, saving money in an emergency fund, and paying down debt. The old adage, spend less than you make, is still a good one to live by. All right, this is one of those things that it's not very sexy. It's, it's kind of boring. For those that, that are not into budgets, those that, that you're maybe you're not into a spreadsheet and like, don't tell me you know where to spend my money. I want to be able to spend my money on whatever I want. I understand that. But if you can tell your money where to go, then you're able to be able to control it so much better. And you know, there's a lot of people out there that when they finally sit down to do a budget, they realize, man, I should be saving so much money every month. At the end of the month, I should have so much money, but I don't. And a lot of the times it's because you don't have a budget. You don't know where the money is going and you're spending it on stupid little things like, you know, a candy bar here, or a soda here, a $5 coffee at Starbucks there. And, and by the time you know it, you spent a lot of money just on junk when you could have been so much more purposeful. So getting your finances in, in good shape, that is, it's not sexy, but it is preparedness all the way. Because when we look at what's going on, like right now with the economy and people are losing their jobs, when you are in a good financial situation, you have options. When you are debt-free, when you have an emergency fund, you, you don't have to panic because you lose your job or uh, maybe you have to take a, a pay cut or you lose hours or, or things like that because you are, you're in good shape there. And, or you can live off of your emergency fund for a little bit or, or whatever it might be. You don't have to worry about paying the bills and, and, and afraid that they're going to come and take your vehicle because you owe so much money on that or you know, you're going to have to default and, and all this other stuff. So you want to make sure that you are in good finances, in a good situation there. And you might find that, okay, you start this budget and you realize, you know what, I do need some more money. If I, if I could bring in maybe another $100, $200 a month, I could, I could really knock down my debt so much faster or I could build up my emergency fund so much faster. That might encourage you to start a little micro biz or a side hustle where you are doing some of the things that you still love to do but you're able to make money on the, on the side doing it. And so I highly encourage that. I believe every prepper should have some kind of micro biz, a side hustle uh, where you're, you're doing a little bit of extra, you're making a little bit of extra money. Just ask yourself right now, if you had an, maybe 50 or $100 at the end of the week, every week, extra, what would you do with it? How could that help you in your preparedness? Or if you had an extra $200 at the end of the month, because of a little side hustle, a micro biz that you did, what would that mean for your emergency fund or what would that mean for your bills or what would that mean for your preparedness? And so think about that and, and put that into place. I highly recommend that. I do have a link here if you go to the article and uh, for further reading, it's called Economic Tweaks, Changing Our Behavior on the Spiral Downward. And in that article, I do have a link to a spreadsheet that you can download and it has a, you know, it's like it has the formulas in there. So you can add the money that you're making, and then you can do the minuses on the different uh, things that are, you know, money that's going out, and it adds it all up for you. And so you know that if you're positive or negative at the end of the month. So uh, you know that that's there for you, and that's free. Next up, next piece of advice is involve your family. Now, preppers that can involve their family in preparedness are truly blessed. 
There are many solo preppers out there. However, a new prepper shouldn't freak out their family into prepping for the zombie apocalypse. Instead, getting the family to love the outdoors, sitting around a campfire, taking hikes, cooking from scratch, and planting a garden are all ways that a new prepper can subtly and stealthily help their family get better prepared. So a lot of the times when we think about preparedness, we're thinking about, man, the, you know, we read the dystopian fictional novels out there and, and we just like, you know, we, we realize that, oh, it could get so, so bad. And we want other people to understand that. But that freaks out people. That freaks out spouses. That might freak out your kids. You don't want to do that. Instead, you want them to be able to have skills. So you're not thinking about preparedness as in, hey, we got to be prepared for the apocalypse. Let me instead build skills in, in you and have skills uh, so that you have skills so that you can, if you ever get to that position, that you can go ahead and rely on those skills. So being able to garden, and you, you might not even be talking about preparedness. You might not even be talking about SHTF or anything else like that. But giving your kids just hands-on gardening experience, man, is so powerful. There are people out there that when you say, hey, uh, you know, we need some vegetables, the answer is let's go to the grocery store. And really, is, or where do, where do vegetables come from? Where does fruit and vegetables come from? Oh, they come from the grocery store. No, they don't. They come from the ground. And so having that skill, uh, maybe cooking to the point where, you know, a lot of people are in places right now where restaurants are not open. And so that's why you have a lot of like the ramen noodles uh, have been have been going and you have a lot of that processed food that's just really easy to throw in the oven or throw in the microwave or just, you know, heat up and you can eat. A lot of that stuff is gone because people don't have those skills. But if you're able to teach young people, you're able to teach your kids how to cook from scratch and, and how to follow a recipe and use the things that are in, in the pantry, man, that is building skills on the inside of them that are very powerful and, and very helpful if it ever got to that point. So involving your family is important. You just got to do it smart. You can't come on in and say, guys, I'm afraid the, the apocalypse is upon us. They're going to look at you like you're nuts and you're going to be isolated. You're going to isolate them and you're going to isolate you know, the, the people that you care about and you don't want to go there. So involve your family, but make sure you're doing it in a very planned and purposeful way. Again, I said subtly and stealthily. You're not trying to be deceitful, but you're just trying to build those skills inside of them so that they have them when they need them. All right, next up, pay attention more. Now, someone might misunderstand this one if it is not explained. But a new prepper should be situationally aware. This means that they should be able to look at their current situation and make good decisions based on what they see. There is a base understanding to this that means look at your current local surroundings. For example, if you have parked your car and you are getting out at the mall, make sure you are watching everything that is going on, taking note of potential threats instead of burying your head in your phone. But on another level, this idea means that you should be aware of what is going on in your greater neighborhood, your city, your state, your nation, in the world. For example, if the supply chain is dis disrupted in China, what could that mean for you? 
All right, so this this is an important one, and this is a piece of advice that uh, you know that I think everyone should should understand, and not just you hear always the situationally aware of going into a restaurant and and uh, you know having eyes on the front door and and different things like that, right? And having your head on a swivel when you're going in, uh, when you're in public, and 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 all that kind of stuff. But it goes beyond just that, knowing what is going on in the rest of the world. So, for instance, right now with these riots and, and what is happening right now, you know, Samantha Biggers over who uh, who runs is the editor of Backdoor Survival. Anytime something happens in Houston or, or you know, the Texas area, she's all like, hey, Todd, are you good? I, I saw this or I read this. And, you know, there were riots in Houston. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really far away from that. That's like downtown. But I knew that that was going on. And so I don't I wouldn't go downtown. So this I don't know if you heard about this Federal Express uh, big rig that was uh, on on the interstate. I can't remember. I think it was L.A., but they were on the interstate. And because there was rioters or protesters on on the interstate, which I just I don't understand that. But they were on the interstate. Everybody had to get off. So they got off. This Federal Express rig was having to go through just, you know, like the city, like regular city streets. And as he was there, people were jumping on on the rig and they were knocking on the windows and doing different things. Well, somebody got stuck in between the tires and it dragged them. And he the guy freaked out and he panicked. And you if you're old enough to remember Rodney King and you you remember that truck driver who was pulled out of his big rig and he was beaten uh, you know, you, you you might remember that. You might, you know what? I don't want that situation to happen to me. So he began to take off and this guy got caught in between, was dragged for a long while. I mean, there's video of this that, that's out there. And uh, the guy, I mean, he, I think he got ran, ran over and taken to the hospital and he died later on. And so that's one of those things. Maybe if Federal Express was paying attention to to what was going on, they would have been able to tell their drivers, Guys, this place here is uh, shut down. If, if you are on interstate, whatever it was, then that is shut down. Make sure you go around, take a loop. And I realize not every city has a loop. Uh, I know that Houston does. And so uh, it's very, it, it's, it would be convenient to be able to go and, and, and take the loop. Now, it's a longer route, but it would have been safer. And it would have taken me away from having to go downtown. Now, going downtown would have been, it's faster. It's a straight through cut, but you have that loop. Now, again, like I said, uh, this city might not have had a loop, but there might have been a way to be able to go around it if there was a little bit of foresight into what's happening in our local situation, in our local community. And I know that's a lot to put on uh, a, you know, a truck driver, and they've got a lot of things going on. And that's a lot to put on Federal Express and, and people that are doing that. But I'm just giving you an example here, all right, of how it's important to pay attention to what is going on in your local situation. And, and not just when the, the poop is hitting the fan, but all the time, because you never know what is going on. So put in place some alerts that you can have. I like uh, I I look at Twitter and in Twitter you know when I was when I was looking through and I was scrolling through there was alerts from Houston from the the Houston uh, Emergency Management I guess I, I alerts Houston I think is what it's called and they said uh, do not come downtown right there are riots downtown and there are other other places that are out there that that share that kind of information 
And so maybe there is an app for your local community. Maybe there is a Facebook group that you can join that, that shares that kind of information. Uh, maybe there are alerts like Alert USA. Now, I subscribe to this, and it, it is a little bit on the more expensive side. It's $99 a year. I, I am an affiliate for it, and I did put the link in there if you're interested. I'm not saying you need to go buy it, but if you, if you want to, uh, I think it's a really great service. You can subscribe to their email and get like a uh, an overall summary email at the end of the week. But whenever there's something big going on, situation, whether it's uh, national, whether it is uh, global, and it's important that they send out an alert and you get it in your text messages. And there's a lot of things you know, like when National Guards were or have been called out and things that are going on curfews have been put in place and warnings of different things, shots fired and, and stuff like that, that have gone on. Those things kind of pop up on my cell phone. And, uh, you know, I, I think for me, it's worth it to pay the hundred dollars a year to have that kind of service. And I know not everybody is going to uh, feel that way and not everybody maybe has the money to be able to do that. But if it, if you are interested in it, there is a link for it, but that's another way of staying up to date on what is going on. Again, you need to be aware of what's going on in your local community, in your uh, neighborhood, in your city, state, and in the world. Because the things that were going on in China, right? The people that were paying attention to what was going on in China at the, at the beginning of January, those people realized, okay, China is starting to lock down. They locked down Wuhan, a city of 11 million people. They lock it down. Okay, this doesn't look very good. And so those people were able to jump on getting the supplies and the things that they needed because they were paying attention to what was going on in the world. And so they were able to make good decisions. So I think it's very important where we pay attention more out there. Now, this is one of those things where you can get sucked into all the news that is out there and you can you know just become a news junkie. So you have to you know weigh it very carefully and, and make sure that you're getting good information, but you're not spending your whole time on the internet getting uh, news and, you know, from all over the world. And so, you know, I think that's very important uh, piece of advice to make sure you are paying attention. All right, next up, stockpile water. Now, new preppers need to understand how important water is to their survival. We have become so accustomed to going to the sink and turning on the tap to run water that we don't think about not having water. But having water is so important that if the tap runs dry, you're in trouble. That's why preppers always have a stockpile of water. Storing water doesn't have to be expensive. The main problem with water is that it's bulky and weighs a lot. Preppers like to have, at minimum, one gallon of water per person per day. Again, that is on the low end of the scale for most preppers. Now, this is one of those big deals, and this is important to have stockpile water. Um, you know, at, at the beginning of the whole pandemic thing that was going on, people were buying up water. I couldn't understand that um, as far as uh, why why they were buying, why you couldn't find any 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 water bottles or anything like that. Um, there was no worry about, uh, I guess, the water being turned off, or maybe they thought that the pandemic was going to you know, come through the water too. I, I don't know about that one, but people could not find water. And that was one of the, the things that was crazy. Now you do need to have water. I, I'm, I'm not saying you don't need to have water, but during the pandemic, that was one of those things that was just crazy for me, right? It was almost like, 
hurricane uh, Harvey. I can understand why people would want to do it during a hurricane, but you know, during this pandemic, I just couldn't understand it. But anyway, um, you need to have water. You need to stockpile water. It's, it doesn't have to be uh, hard. This is not hard. It's not rocket science. You can go get, you know, stock up on two liter bottles of, of uh, soda bottles that are empty. Uh, you know, when people are having uh, parties and things like that, just say, hey, you're, you're doing it for some kind of a project and then you know clean them out very very good you can use a little bit of bleach if you want to but you just clean out the bottles really good to where there's no sugar there's nothing left in there that because that's water does not cause bacteria it is the things inside of water that causes bacteria so when you have a soda bottle that's not cleaned out very well and maybe has a little bit of syrup there or around the edges or whatever that you didn't clean then that's what can cause the bacteria to grow in the water and so again the issue here is it's bulky it weighs a lot and you need to you know have a plan for that there are um, other bigger containers that you can have that you can store water in 55 gallon drums you just got to be very smart about where you put those and purposeful because they get very heavy and you don't want to just put well i guess depending on where you live i wouldn't want to put my water storage inside of my garage because you know in texas in Houston, uh, we can hit you know numbers as high as 100 and 115, you know whatever, and it's very very hot, and it gets very hot in the garage, and so I wouldn't want to leave water there. I wouldn't want to leave water in my car during summertime and things like that. So you got to be very purposeful. You got to have that somewhere you know, where it's going to uh, you know, not get hot. So inside somewhere, but you you got to have a place where you can put it. So stockpile water. That's going to be very important. Now this next one. I know that I, I said you, you, having a bug out bag is not the first thing you should do. Now, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying you should not have a bug out bag. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that shouldn't be the very first thing. There are some other things that I think are very, very important that you need to do. Um, I mean, I have a bug out bag. My family has, every member has a bug out bag, all that kind of stuff. But people get caught up on like, what kinds of things do I need in a bug out bag? And they spend days and days trying to, you know, you know tweak out their, their bug out bag and all that kind of stuff. So all the other things that, I, that I've said, I think are, are more important to, to knock that out first. But this one here, I think is important. And this kind of goes along with that bug out bag idea that you want to be able to take with you. And that's building an emergency binder. So when the poop hits the fan, and you need to leave your house quickly, one thing you want to grab is your emergency binder. This binder has copies of important documents like birth certificates, social security cards, medical records, bank and financial account information, and more. Think about your house burning down, and on top of all the junk you have to deal with, you have to go stand in line to get copies of all this stuff, or in some cases, wait days while you get copies sent to you in the mail. And while you're making copies for your emergency binder, make two or three copies and have two or three emergency binders. You can put one in a safety deposit box and you can send one to a parent or a trusted family member in case something happens and you can't grab your emergency binder. All right. So one of the big reasons why you need to do this is because it takes a little bit of time. Again, this is one of those things that's not sexy. But it's one of those things that would pay off big time for you, where you can have all these important documents all in one place. So this is going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take uh, it's you know, you got to make copies. You need to make sure that maybe you're getting some 
plastic inserts and so you're able to put all this stuff and you're able to uh, you know have it documented and and all laid out and so you want to be able to have this in case you had to leave your home in a very uh, quick way because you know when you think about bug out bags you're thinking about okay I'm bugging out and I'm going and I got to survive out of my bag but when you're having to leave your house for an emergency maybe it is a fire and maybe you can grab that emergency binder as you are leaving as your house is 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 catching on fire or whatever or maybe it is flooding and so you have places where to go you're not going to be living out of your bug out bag but you don't want to not have these important documents and so like i said it takes a little bit of time but it's well worth to have all this stuff here in in one place one of the things that i remember um uh, james Stephen, he uh, he was called dr prepper is he had said one time about you know making a copy while you're making your copy make two copies and send one to a trusted family member and he said that he has one that was uh, it, it was packaged up so it you know it wasn't just like a loose binder but it was packaged up it was sealed up it was given to his sister and he just said hey can you keep this in in a closet somewhere for me and if I ever need it you have it but uh, if I don't need it you know good. And so that's what that's what it was. And so, you know, it was not a very big package. It's, you know, the si- a small box the size of a binder, of a regular binder. But he had a, a family member who had it just in case there were some issues. And, you know, when you get older, maybe you have a will in there maybe, or copy of a will. Uh, and, you know, maybe you have those types of things there. But I think this is so important. And again, like I said, it takes some time. It's not sexy, but it is one of those things that really pays off now. I have a video here where I've talked about emergency binders for preppers. And so if you want a little bit more information, you can check out this video that I've provided in the article. All right, we're down to two more here. This is number nine, prepare for the most common emergencies. Now, one of the biggest mistakes a new prepper makes is focusing on the big end of the world type disasters like an EMP or nuclear war. New preppers should focus on the more common emergencies that could disrupt life like natural disasters that are common to their area, job loss, or a health crisis. One, once thoughts and plans are put in place for the common emergencies that could occur, a new prepper could focus on the alien invasion happening in 2046. All right, a little bit of a joke there, that last sentence, but uh, you get where I'm going with, with this. I know from running Prepper website that if I link to any article, I'm telling you, any article that has EMP in the title, that that is going to be the most popular article of of the day, of, of the evening, right? People clicking on that one because that is the one that people want to know about. And I understand it. If we have an EMP, man, life is going to suck so hard. And so I completely, completely understand why people want to know about EMPs and know how to guard against it and, and all that kind of stuff. But th- that's one of the things that you're, it's like, man, if it happens, it happens, but it's not something that's common. And so you, it's more likely, uh, again, to deal with fires, right? In California, they've dealt with fires and dealing with floods and dealing with uh, earthquakes and dealing with hurricanes, dealing with blizzards and, and ice storms and different things like that. You're preparing for the most common emergencies. Now, down here where I live on the Gulf Coast, I'm not going to prepare for a blizzard. 
that just doesn't happen. I'm going to be preparing for a hurricane. Just like those of you that are up north that prepare for blizzards, you're not necessarily preparing for a hurricane. I guess unless you live, live on the on the coast somewhere. Uh, but you're you know, those of you that are uh, that mostly deal with blizzards, you're not dealing with that kind of stuff. Those that are dealing with tornadoes and you know in the split second, they have other. Uh, requirements, things that they need to, to put into place for their survival compared to, to us. Now, we get tornado warnings and tornado watches, but not like someone uh, like who lives in where these tornadoes just, just spring up, it just crazy like, and go and destroy whole cities. So you really need to prepare for the most common emergencies. And then on top of those big ones, like the natural disasters that can, can occur, we have sometimes we have health crisis. Sometimes someone gets sick, and you got to be able to deal with that and, and know how to deal with that. Sometimes a job loss. Sometimes you might know that hey, things are getting kind of tricky with my job. You know, uh, people have lost their job. They've told me. You know, I, I know someone who was told, "Hey, you are you're good." You know, they made job cuts, and people were laid off. But they, he was told, "You're good." There's you know no reason to worry and panic about losing your job. You're in a good situation. And then a month later, he lost his job. And so when you are paying attention to those things that are going on, you're able to, and ahead of time, you're able to make good decisions and you're able to prepare ahead of time. So I think that's very important and really great advice. The EMP, you can provide, you can, you can prepare for that. Later on down the road, the nuclear war, the the terrorism, all that kind of stuff. Get these other things, these basic things taken care of. Know how you would react and respond in a hurricane or in a blizzard or if there was a fire, all that kind of stuff. Know, you know, have plans for that. And then when you feel comfortable there, build your preparedness plans around all the big ones. You know, the EMP, uh, nuclear war, polar shift, uh, super volcano and aliens showing up in 2046. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Last one is this. Know yourself and your family. Lastly, an important key that a new prepper should consider is to take into consideration how you and your family will respond to preparedness and the thought of an emergency. Some preppers can allow their minds to go there and be fine because they are prepping. Others allow their minds to go there and take panic and anxiety to all new levels. The same goes for family. How will your family respond? If you are not sure, you need to ease the family into the conversation by prepping stealthily, camping, building a fire outside to roast marshmallows, teaching kids how to cook, and shoot a pellet gun at some soda cans. The things about some of the, the thing the things about some of these outdoor activities is that they breed a love for the outdoors and are gateways into other preparedness activities. You just have to be smart and purposeful about it. So I know when I was in preparedness and in, in, in at the beginning, or when I was in, in preparedness at the beginning and, and letting other people at work know that I was prepping and that I had the website and different things like that, those conversations would come up. There was one teacher that like taught, I cannot talk about this. I cannot talk about this. I cannot talk about uh, you know what is going on because if I do, I will not sleep. I will dream about it. I will be thinking about it. I will focus on it, and and I can't do that. So I can't talk about this. And I'm like, hey, I am completely, I completely understand. And so I never brought up preparedness or a reason to prepare in front of her. 
uh, because I understand that some people, their minds just can't handle it. They, they just go there. And so you have to know that as a prepper, you need to know where your family is. There's, there's one parent that I know that I know of that their child, he just freaked out about it. And he's a really smart kid, but it was, it was hard for that child to focus on other things because they started to worry about all the things that are out there, right? Because this kid could go there, could, could say, Hey, okay, if we get this disruption, this is what happens and, and could critically think through all those things. And they start to realize at such an early age, man, I'm screwed. And so they, you know, that was, that was hard for them to be able to do that. So you've got to know your family, you've got to ease them in. And if it's not, you know, I mean, this goes up, you know, right in hand with what I was talking about before, but giving them those skills and not necessarily to talking about preparedness. If you have family members that can't handle it, not talking about apocalypse, SHTF, we got to, you know, this pandemic is going to be the end of the world or, or EMP or this or that, or all that is instead you're building the skills and you're giving them those, those abilities so that if they need to, they can draw on those skills and abilities when uh, there is pain and things go sideways. Right. And so you got to know yourself and know your family. There are a lot of solo preppers out there that I know of. I hear from you, you guys all the time and you wish your family would understand. There's some of you that are that are uh, husband and wife teams and y'all are all in on the preparedness thing and your kids laugh at you and they make fun of you. And, uh, you know, that that's one of those things I, I completely understand. And you you fear for them. You you want them to be prepared. Maybe they don't live with you. Maybe they live in another city. You want them to be better prepared because you know that's just the best thing. But you need to go about it in a way where you're not going to isolate them and they're they're not going to want to talk with you or think you've gone off the edge because of, you know, because of all of that. And so you, you need to be smart about how you do that and, uh, and and bring them along into preparedness. So know your family, know yourself and know what's important. All right, let me close off this article. Um, it says here, and there you have it. You'll realize that preparedness is a lot of common sense. You just need to put it into action. Which items on this list are you going to tackle first? Give yourself a timeline and get to it. Then take the next one and the next. If you are one of the lucky ones and your spouse is behind your preparedness, ask him or her to help take one of these so you can move through these items even faster. Because when it all boils down, you are prepping because you love your family and don't want to be relying on anyone else to help provide the basic necessities for them. All right, guys. Well, that is it for this article here. Again, like I said, this is my article. I wrote it. It's on Prepper website. I'm going to link to it just like all the other articles that I link to on uh, on in the show notes or on the website. So you can easily go over and check out some of the other materials that I link to it, the videos and some of the other articles that are here. Well, everyone, that's it for episode 643. Hey, to subscribe to the show, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. 
Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.